0: As everyone knows, sequels can be a bit of a mixed bag. Sometimes you get Empire, other times you get Deep Blue Sea 2. As we gear up for the release of our own Lollygaggers podcast sequel in August, we'll aim for Police Academy, back in training. But in this episode, Justin and Jeff go nuts over the second season of Dark. And in the Gentleman's Challenge, Justin fails to answer why in regards to Backdraft 2, and Jeff comes knocking. Welcome to episode number fifty-seven of the Lolly Geigers podcast, a show about all sorts of different geek things from comics to games, to movies to TV. I am one of your host Jeff. Another one, Justin. What's up? Uh, not much, man. How is how is mountain life?
1: I' run out of breath really easily and mm. more than usual.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting. You getting we're, any we're headaches getting, yet? We're getting settled in. You getting headaches?
1: Uh, no. I've been I've been told a lot. Like, yeah, I just yeah. drink a lot of water. Drink a ton the of more water, water you yeah. drink it gets better so i think we're doing okay but we just got done unpacking we're finally settled in awesome it's been a nightmare so. awesome
0: yeah but i mean it's over the nightmare's over and now you're, you got your your new place your new your family uh you're a, a short plane ride or or a decently a, d- a decent drive from down here where all your friends are in Arizona That's uh, only it's only 130 good. bucks to get there too it's pretty- super cheap super easy uh, but yeah yeah and my sister is up in denver so like i'll be uh I'll definitely be going up there from time to time. So it's awesome. And plus, uh, uh, our old friend Pat, who we used to play World of Warcraft with and various other games, is up there as well. So, I mean, it's just, it's good. It's good. You're, you're on the West Coast. You're the West side of the country, at least. Uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. But you know what else is good? Uh, is that Netflix, over the summer, is finally starting to, to release some really hotly anticipated awesome television series that we are both... Uh, we were both fans of. We know that on the 5th of July, Stranger Things Season 3 is dropping. Super excited about that. But even more recently, Dark Season 2. Uh, Which I think
1: I was more excited about watching. Yeah. Cause it's also I'm been really so anxious.
0: long since like Dark Season 1, right? Yeah, it's been two years I think. Yeah, it has. It's uh, So, so if we love Dark, uh, both Justin and I. Uh, Dark is a German science fiction mystery type television show uh so you either you gotta watch it with dubs or you gotta watch it uh with subtitles you know whatever it is that you want to use i i don't do subtitles anymore i did initially because i like hearing german uh the dubs
1: aren't bad though They're but the dubs good. are pretty
0: solid yeah uh so anyway dark it's a german science fiction thriller uh it's up on netflix it's created by baron Bo odar i hope i pronounce that somewhere close in yonta uh, let me do this again Yanya frisi uh so those are the create people who created it uh, there's a whole massive cast, so I'm not really gonna go through all of them. Uh, but if you're if you're unfamiliar
1: states really, so it's yeah. Kind
0: of well there's one that I know um she was in uh, I can't remember her name now off the top of my head. Uh, but she was in that one movie, Pandorum, with uh, Dennis Quaid, uh, where uh, like they were on that generational ship that crashed onto the. Oh yeah, she's Everyone's gonna
1: remember that. That's a then.
0: great movie, yeah. though, man. Don't don't slouch on Pandorum. So Justin and I both watched in, in uh, Dark. So uh, we watched it released uh, second season released twenty uh, first of June, so about two three weeks uh, before we started recording this. Uh, and so we've both we both watched the whole thing. I know I've watched. Have you have you watched the whole season, Justin?
1: yeah watch the whole thing yeah
0: okay awesome uh so uh, the quick premise and we will probably spoil we're definitely going to spoil stuff from season one and a little bit of stuff from season two um so uh we'll try not i guess we'll try to avoid like super heavy spoilers uh or if we're decided just to go full-on like discussion of what the hell or how this thing ended we'll, we'll warn you um but we're definitely going to be spoiling season one because my summary is as such so if you don't know Dark, Dark uh, takes place in a German town called Windham. Okay, that's it's sort of the basic uh, basic name. Now, it takes place uh, in like 2017. That's where season one began. Season two begins uh, in 2019. Like it's it's relatively, or maybe it's 2018, 2019, something like that. Uh, so it's relatively relatively uh, present day. Okay, and the unique thing about there's a couple of unique things about Windham. One, there's a nuclear power plant uh, in this uh, in this village, in this, in this city that is, uh, looming large over not just some of the characters who are tied to the nuclear power plant, but also to some of the more mysterious science-y elements, uh, that happen, uh, later on, uh, in the series. Uh, There's also a cave, and in this cave, uh, weird stuff happens. Uh, now the, the, the beginning of the the series starts with, like, a bunch of these teenagers, these high school friends, um, while, Uh, They go kind of exploring around in the woods near this cave. This is all through the backdrop kind of more passively of these missing teenagers, these missing kids. They hear some crazy noises. Uh, They start running away. And then it turns out that one of the younger kids, uh, Mikkel, uh, he goes missing. And so he's like part of the the central crew, right? And that is one of the mysteries that starts driving the whole entire first season. Like, you know, where is Mickle? Uh, and we learn later on it's not where he is, it's when he is because this is a this is a television show that's all about time travel, uh, and we learn that via the cave and later via these time travel machines, people have the ability to travel to different time periods. But there's a very specific rules to when and how you can go about doing so, and it means it's like 33 year intervals. So if this set if this is set in like 2018 or something like that or 2017 then you can only travel back to like the mid 80s if it's set in the mid 80s and you can only travel back to the, n- the mid 1950s. So it's, it's specifically 33 year intervals, which is very important. So throughout the course of the whole first season, we're trying, like, they're trying to figure out not just you know where Mickle is and how he disappeared, but also there's a mysterious stranger who shows up in town and we're trying to figure out who that is. Uh, and the main, the, kind of the main teenage character that we follow, Jonas, his father commits suicide. And not only does he commit suicide, but he starts leaving these weird letters uh, that can only be opened on specific dates, right? And once you start opening these, we start realizing there's this massive web of crazy conspiracy, crazy time travel. We learn by the end of the first season that that Jonas's father is actually Mickle, the kid who disappeared earlier in the first season, who went back in time to the 80s, to the mid-80s, shacked up with Jonas's mom, and so... Yeah, and at a certain and
1: after this point, yeah. season if you think that's a mindset.
0: <laughs> yeah. It gets even crazier than that. Now there's all sorts of different families, there's uh that that are kind of that are really important. So there's the Conwalds uh or conwalds uh that's Jonas's family. So that's kind of a mixture of him, uh Mikkel. Uh, there's also the Nielsen's, who is who Mickle, who's was Mickle's original family, um, but he's got you know two older two older siblings, a, a a sister who is actually Jonas's girlfriend, and an older brother, and he's got a father, Ulrich, you, yeah. who's a co- what's going on you, with yeah. aunt nephew, uh freaking incest on television these days? I don't know. So
1: like, I didn't watch like the summary before it, I skipped it, and then the first episode, I'm like, I forget. <laughs> oh man. So I had to go online and like look up the family trees and stuff. Like, yeah, okay, all it's right, complex.
0: Yeah, it's it's super complex. Like, if you've watched season one and you start season two, I would definitely recommend reading maybe a quick wiki just to get familiar with the characters. Like, I was doing that throughout the first episode. I had my phone up and I was like, oh, I heard a name. Let me go look at that. Okay, yeah, that's who it is. That's who I thought it was. Okay, that's fine. That's
1: kind of what's like for me. Where it's yeah. like, oh, okay, who's related to who? Okay. Who- Who's this person in the past?
0: Yeah. Or who's this
1: person in the future? Like, who's this person in the extra past? Right. And, like, the extra or who's past. this person in the extra future? <laughs> the 50s? Yeah. It's
0: just,
1: it's pretty, it's yeah. pretty complex, but it's not like a point where it's annoying. Like, it's, it's gripping. It and it feels wanna...
0: logical. Like, I, I, like, I, oh I, man. I, I don't really find, like, I, I don't know. There's, I don't really get, uh, annoyed at certain things like oh they 're breaking this or they're yeah breaking that. They,
1: no. they've they've created a paradox like the mm. movie's based around a paradox the TV show yeah and they 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 stay in the rules of that paradox all the whole time and they go by the best time rules, which is the Bill and Ted excellent adventure time yeah the bill rules. and so Ted actually I
0: agree uh my favorite part from Bill and Ted is when like they were looking for the keys Trashcan. remember they find the keys but like I put them right behind the sign, and then I get them it's so good. Uh, okay, so there's a couple other families that are important. There's the Dopplers, uh, so the Dopplers, the Nielsen's, the Convalds, These are all really important throughout season one. Mikkel's father, Ulrich, who is uh, a cop uh, in the town of Wyndham, he is obviously searching, uh, very difficult, you know, very hard for his his missing son. He eventually stumbles upon the the the, the you know the the whole time travel thing, and he goes back in time, um, but doesn't go back to the 80s he actually goes all the way back to the 50s and while back in the 50s he sees a person as a kid who they suspect in the present is actually responsible for the disappearances of all these kids and he thinks that this guy you know if i if i take it's like the classic thing like if i take out a you know a madman or a bad person or hitler or whatever back in the past when he's a kid then all these atrocities won't happen so he beats the crap out of this guy gets arrested and he's thrown in jail so he's he's thrown in jail and arrested and stuck in the 50s we also, at the end, Jonas travels forward in time 33 years, uh, and we, or I think it's 33 years, uh, but anyway, he travels in time forward, and we learn that it's a, there's apocalypse, so an apocalypse happened, and so all of season two is about the looming apocalypse, and so every episode starts, and it's with a, like a, like a countdown to this apocalypse, and the question is, is how, because it's, it's yeah. eight
1: days before the apocalypse, and so every, every episode, is like episodes. a
0: new, yeah, it's like a new day, it's, it's, it's really interesting, I was like, yeah, it's, it's so strange how they kind of did that, but you, you can see that kind of looming presence of it. And there's only eight episodes, which is a shame. I wish there were like 50, but I think my head would explode. Uh, so that's kind of the basic summary of season one. It's way more complex than that. There's a couple other f- important figures. There's, uh, there's Noah, who is this like kind of creepy uh, priest that is somehow involved. He's doing these weird experimentations on these kids. Uh, we're not exactly sure why or how or what you know, for what reason season two i don't know how do you how would you summarize like like the premise of season two in addition to the apocalypse like we're getting new we really
1: yeah adam you get introduced to the travelers. you get more in-depth ideas who's who and what timelines you find more relationships between the characters and then there's another timeline that they get to which is 1921 which is a big timeline too so like there's four major timelines and again you think us talking about this you think oh this is just uh, a rat's nest of of plot but it just it works so well and it's so well done and it's so good so i i i can't complain about it and like you see like oh so this uh this girl at, in 1921 is the mother of this of of this guy and then you start to realize almost everybody is related to everybody in the show yeah they're all and interconnected it's in some crazy. way crazy yeah.
0: so like the second season we do get some resolution or not sorry, we, we do we still still see jonas um he is you know screwing around in the, in the future and um but eventually he leaves the future right uh but we also see that you know bad things happen and most of his friends died you know most of his friends and family members died because there was you know an apocalypse right the specifics to how this apocalypse happened are really unclear so he is trying to go back back to the present to warn them to save them and that's what sort of his driving force and eventually he is able to move through time and it gets and and it, like the the amount that kid goes through is pretty insane. One of the things we learned about in in season 1 was that that mysterious traveler who just the the mysterious stranger I should say who showed up in town is actually Jonas is it's adult Jonas, right? And so while while regular teenage Jonas is now in the future the adult age stranger, you know that is Jonas is staying around in the present and starts revealing to a lot of these characters what's going on. That's one of the things I really liked about season two is that in season one, there was there was only... a lot
1: of explanation. There was a lot of explanation,
0: yeah, there's like the explanation, but I also thought there were a lot of characters that were in the and this is not a pun, but like that were in the dark about this whole time travel stuff. But in season two, gradually, almost everybody. of consequence right everybody of consequence all the characters we start to reveal like they at certain points are are, like the idea of time travel is revealed to them right in different ways now they don't they don't all respond as favorably (laughs) some of them have to find it out themselves some of them are told some of them try to travel i'm not going to say who i don't want to ruin that but some of them like you know actually take take a a a time machine because there ends up being more than one which is really interesting how that's explained right um, so it's like the, the bootstrap uh, paradox is pretty cool but there's
1: really not there's really not more than one it's just the same one so being yeah, used yeah from different timelines it's just it's it's really cool how they kind of set up all this stuff and right. like it really is okay this moment sets up this moment and i i'd love to see when it's all said and done someone kind of connect the dots between right. all the moments because it, it all it all logically makes sense within the rules that they've created for the time travel and i i really enjoyed it that whole sequence of it like all right they got the time machine here they got the time machine here uh he learned how to make the time machine at this point uh they got the book here the book traveled there and there and there and just it's really impressive how yeah. they're doing all this stuff
0: so at the end of the first season noah this this creepy priest i mean i think a lot of people thought like that was the bad guy right like this is the sinister bad guy for for a good reason right he's he's torturing and experimenting on children and all sorts of horrible things are happening but we learned very quick very quickly uh in season two that he actually works for somebody and justin already mentioned him is this mysterious figure named adam and although in the first i think it's the first two episodes we only see him we only hear him by name we very quickly get to see him so that's another thing i really like about dark is they establish some stuff but they don't like they don't tease you forever like they they do eventually give you answers um but upon giving you those answers it opens up so many more questions right like that's yeah like oh my like
1: they they announce like who Adam is and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But you still really don't know who Noah is, even though I have a feeling who Noah is. Yeah. You know, but like but they 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 like reveal like ten plot points and like, okay, this all makes sense, but then they're like, Oh, you like those? Well there's twenty more you gotta think about about yeah. how this happened, how this going. So but it's but it's not frustrating. It's it's like little tidbits where, and it's not even like big things like how did that guy loses his eye. Right. You know, you know that's gonna come up later on in the show. Mm-hmm. How he lost his eye, but it's just—it's not a big deal, or or the whole thing of like the the whole murder mystery behind the whole thing of the uh, the plant owner and stuff like that. So like, right. there's little things they haven't revealed along the way, but they've kind of led more ports to it. But it's just kind of like you kind of it wants it makes you want more.
0: Yeah. So another new introduction in the second season is because the first season was centered around the 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 sort of the investigation into these missing children. Um, and they never figured out who it was here we are a year later so in the you know in the present day storyline we're a full year later but we're also a full year later in like all the other timelines too so they all kind of move at the same time which is really fascinating um and so it maintains that 33 year uh, interval now because nothing nothing came of it in the one of the investigative uh investigators cops who was actually you know looking into these disappearances and whose son disappeared he disappears right because ulrich disappears without a trace and he's one of the cops who's investigating the damn disappearances somebody comes to town uh to actually do a review and figure out well let's go back over let me go back over the evidence let me sort of almost kind of like as like an internal affairs type of thing let me not just interview what's going on in the town let me interview the people and so like the other the other uh the other main cop charlotte uh charlotte doppler Um, who, again, we, part of the Doppler family, one of the big family names, and we see her and, 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 you know, she's incredibly essential to, to all, you know, different characters and there's all sorts of interconnectivity. Um, she, uh, so she's kind of working with him, but at the same time, also trying to keep things from him, which is a really dicey situation. And then what's, what's also amazing is that he, that character, this new kind of internal affairs character who starts coming in, like he actually has his own, um, yeah, I think his name. What's his name? Growth. I think it's an in, uh, investigator, Growth. I think his name was. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Sylvester, maybe. Um, but he, um, he's got his own motivations for being there too, which is awesome because it ties together with some of the other elements of this of the story yeah. itself. Everything it's just freaking comes back and good. returns and weaves in with each other. It's amazing.
1: I don't know how much further we can go without spoilers. Right. Um, it's because the second season reveals so much and it adds so many more questions, and then the end of it. I think it's interesting yet also worries me a little bit. This, the so, end of this one I'm opens
0: a- up. Okay. When, when the first season ended and we are thrust into the future in and, and, and up until that point, the the roller coaster ride we were on was between the fifties, the eighties, and the in the twenty tens. Right, that's where we were. Those those three time periods. and Okay, we're cool. And then the end of the first season was like, oh, by the way, we can go into the future too. Wait, what? And so now it's, he's in the, it's
1: the twenty it's twenty fifty something. So yeah. And then you go back what to nineteen twenty one. Yeah, and so there's so five major intervals.
0: T- yeah, and so now we have in season two, those five major intervals, right? And not only are we in the future, but there's a freaking apocalypse, right, that we have to contend with, which is so amazing the end of the season two i think also drops a major like again not a pun major bomb like it's just like what wait that too like uh which i don't want to
1: makes kind of worry but also intrigued because i was worried at the end of the first season i'm like oh we're doing post-apocalyptic stuff but then it ended up being really good like it was really good Every, everything in the far future was really fun to watch so it's like I, I, I maybe they won't be bad at it. Who knows?
0: So to me, like they've earned it. Like I, I understand the concerns you might have, but at the same time, like I feel like the sh- the people who are running the show and writing the show, uh, they've earned it. Like I trust them at this point you know now the other thing we should say about dark is that it's ending with season three like they're that's it season three it's all over. right so
1: that's a big thing too like mm. the fact that they came into this whole thing with a beginning middle and end oh, so there's it. there's clearly three three acts to this right they knew from the beginning how it was gonna end yeah and it shows in the writing oh, it's so good and it that shows in like in the, in the paradox that they've created so I'm really excited about watching. I was.
0: I was like, I, I don't know. One of the, one of the sites I, I, I check for like uh, for like TV news and stuff is called TV line. And, you, you know, you should never you should never check Internet forums and stuff like that. Right. But I look at the comment section. That's a terrible thing to do. But like there's some people who comment in there and they're like, I can't believe they're canceling. Netflix is canceling it again. And like they're not canceling it. They just like they're done with the story. Right. Like not every show should go on forever. Right. Like like shows, especially shows that. That have a continuous storyline, like Dark does, right? Uh, And like so many other types of shows that we've seen before, like these are not just procedurals where we just, oh, it's a new monster this week, or it's a new case this week, right? There's a a set story to tell, and I love the fact that they're willing to do it, and they're willing to end the show. Like 24 24 episodes? Do it. Like like, we've talked, and I've talked with our friend Wobbly, because we're both huge Lost fans, right? And we've always wished, like, man, I wish Lost would have come out in an age of Netflix and HBO and stuff like that and been like, let's do a short, controlled, you know, 40-episode series. Let's not try to hit 100. Let's not go crazy. Let's keep it tight and controlled. And I feel like if, if they would have done that from the beginning, the way that Dark does, and they would have known, like, their story arcs, I feel like we're just going to get a tighter, better story. Like, I, I always feel like the experiences that we have in a story are only... Like they're only worthwhile if the if what how it ends matters, you know. Like it's got an end. If if things don't end, then nothing really matters prior to it, right? And so I love the on fact top of that, that, that too. Out.
1: Like the difference in a twenty-two episode season and an eight episode season makes a big difference, right? Because there's a lot of filler episodes in the yep. twenty-two episodes. Like you think, oh, more time to tell a story, but like uh, not really. Some of those episodes are just pointless and just dragging your feet right every moment in this show matters or throwing like what
0: happened or just clogging the signal right like one of the complaints about loss is like by the very end they're like oh we didn't get answers for this we didn't get answers for that like but i would contend that none of that stuff was really all that important right but it was in there. But it was in there because it was trying to fill. Like dark, everything that happens is important, right? Like everything is essential. Pay the frick attention, you know. So like all these different components that are happening. Like I never feel like anything that's transpiring in these different timelines or with these this kind of these weird ancestral relationships between these families. Like I never really feel like it's extraneous. It feels like really important. Like like these are the things we should be paying attention to. And it's like a like I never I never feel like I I can. I cannot pay attention. It's definitely the type of show that that you can't just sort of passively watch. You know, like if you're the type of person who likes to like check your socials like while you're watching, or if you're the type of person can't do that. You can't do that. With you this. Can't do okay. that. Like you, you're gonna miss some things, um, and it's not just because it's you know it's it's foreign language, it's German language. You know, German language. Like so, if you're doing subtitles, like there's that. It's also just the complexity of these storylines. All right, so do we want to go a little bit into spoilers yeah let's do like let's do like two or three for- this two like two or three quick thoughts here about the end so if you we, we tried to talk as much as we could around it without giving any major spoilers but at this point here's your warning okay we are about to like completely spoil the hell out of some things when it comes to dark so if you don't want to be spoiled about season two of dark stop listening now skip forward uh listen to our listen to our gentleman's challenge for this week it's pretty funny uh and uh yeah yeah and come back and listen to this part and tell us how stupid we are uh once you see dark season two yourself so here we go last warning go
1: so a few things first thing the noah uh mind
0: f that poor daughter mother daughter thing yeah
1: that's crazy when i that happened in the show i'm like oh my god that's crazy
0: and then so I, uh, I I was I was thinking that I was thinking oh, what if the reason we don't know who her mom is, is because her mom, is somebody from the present day? Like because I always feel like the reason whenever you with like in a show like this or any other show when you with when you intentionally withhold the identity of a person, that's meaningful. It's for a reason, yeah, yeah, there's a reason, and so like they're gonna drop well, something. the fact yeah.
1: that that there's a small paradox yeah. within the paradox. But
0: is, it's like the perfect example. So cr- it's a, isn't it a wonderful, like, it's it's a perfect, like, human example of that boot, bootstra- uh, the bootstrap paradox that they talked about when it comes to, like, the, the book, right? Because we saw it in three different ways. We see it with the book, we see it with the time travel device, and now we actually see it with charlotte right the idea of like well when did yeah, this it's like, kind of it's start the whole
1: thing this, it's the chicken and the egg yeah it's the snake it's the, it's, and the, it's
0: the snake eternally eating itself right like that kind of thing that's, that's happening so yeah that was that was fascinating man and the fact and that then, the one daughter survived the deaf daughter she actually survived and she's there in the apocalypse too and they see that one moment at the very end where they see each other through that crazy freaking portal i'm just like man like like there, oh that's
1: pretty great and like um my theory on noah as i believe noah is the son of uh magnus and the redheaded girl i think that and that would make him related okay. to uh jonas so like there's, uh, there's i think in the end almost everybody in the town is related to each other right. and that's why they do, they don't leave that town everyone has some type of bloodline to each other in that particular town which creates a bloodline paradox in that world
0: right that's what I like to think of it as uh, I like to think of like the, the those little details about that bootstrap paradox, uh, paradox that they've been talking about is like almost indicative or applicable to the entire the entire population of the town, right? Because yeah, that, that outside, one exists. yeah, exactly. Like like the an investigator growth, he actually comments on itself. It's like it's really strange how like all these families are here and they never leave. Why doesn't anyone ever leave? And that's a great point because most people you know like it's it's a split some people leave their hometown some people stay right but everyone stays right which is and i
1: also like to talk about how how the the power plant is the lifeblood to this town right. and that the the activation of it is basically uh you know it, it it is the heart of the of the zone so i think that whole thing is interesting yeah which also brings up the thought of uh the guy who owns a plant must somehow be related to something back at this town. It, it couldn't just be that he murdered someone and left and came here. There has to be some other link there, which I'm curious to saying his original backstory when he right. was a kid.
0: I'm always I, – I I'm really curious what, what they're going to do with Bartosz. Okay, so Bartosh is uh, the grandson. Yeah, because there's
1: not – there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing
0: – there's
1: no link yet. No, no. And I'm really curious what that link is. Yeah. There's no – there's no future no past exactly. or super past link i assume
0: like one of the, one of the i mean one of the big theories that i had was that he was noah right like that that at the end of season 1 yeah, 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 but, yeah, but yeah. that that has been proven to not be true at this point so it's really interesting. I'm also really curious about like who's who's good and bad, right? Like this notion of like who's doing like who who like, is
1: the light, who is the dark, who's the right side and it's, of the whole.
0: it's curious too because like like you can understand the motivations of some of these people, right? Cuz like the whole idea like there's two different competing forces and what the apocalypse is basically doing. So the idea is that this is cyclical. The idea of this world is cyclical, and people have been reliving, like this crew of travelers and whatnot, have kind of been reliving this same sort of pocket of this world. And the apocalypse is either going to, A, reset, and they're going to redo the cycle again, and then they're going to experience the which same world.
1: Which gives Jonas the chance to spend time with uh, Martha more, yeah, with which Marta. I think that's yeah. why he
0: wants to, why he wants to re- redo it. Or... You blow it up and you, you end it entirely, and so you, you, and you end the cycle, right? And those are kind of the two competing um, strategies that are going on. And there's also kind of two big, um, kind of the, the two people that are butting heads, right? There's there's uh, Adam, and then there's Claudia, right? So Claudia is the woman in the 80s who is running the nuclear power plant. She is the first woman to run a nuclear power plant. Um, her daughter, whose name is escaping me at this moment, she is uh, she is Bartosz's uh, mother, and, uh, she is the, the hotel owner who is suffering from cancer right now. And then Claudia in the present day, like she's like this creepy old woman that's super dirty and she like travels all over the place and she's all knowing and whatever. So it's like kind of like those two competing forces between Adam who we know is Jonas, uh, at least allegedly, whether he, you know, I assume he is. Right. Um, that's what he, that's who he claims to be. Um, so it's really fascinating, like to me. It, it's not so much a question of maybe I think saying good and evil is probably the wrong way to put it, but it's just like it's just kind of curious, like the different approaches they're taking, and you also have to get a, you know get under you know question whether or not you can actually trust the very things that they're saying. Like Adam straight up lied to Jonas, like he sent Jonas back to do a certain thing, and then in the final episode, right before the very end. He comes in as Jonas and Marta, like young Jonas and and young Marta, like his girlfriend that he has been obsessed with. It's also his aunt. And he's like, don't ever let anyone tell you that we're not perfect for each other. And so they have a moment and they finally like, you know, reveal their feelings. Everything's fine. They're moving past it and everything's great. The apocalypse is about to happen and they're going to go into the bunker and save themselves. But then in comes old, old Jonas, Adam, and just kills Martha because he needs Jonas to feel that pain because if Jonas doesn't feel the pain of the loss of his girlfriend, he could never do the very things that Adam needs him to do because that's yeah, he what He won't happens. be motivated Freaking to do the thing he chicken do. and egg, right? Like, Oh my God, mind blowing.
1: But so my concern about the final part is when you go multiple reality,
0: right? So we should, we should, yeah. we should probably explain what happens. So after, after old, old Jonas slash Adam kills Marta, just shoots her in the stomach and he leaves. Jonas has to sort of make a decision. He either has to stay with Marta and try to save her, which he's not going to be able to do, or he can chase down Adam and stop him. And a third option shows up because all of a sudden there is a new person who comes into the building, into Jonas's home and it's fricking Marta, but it's Marta from a parallel universe.
1: Which opens up so many other questions and it makes me worry because, like, when you start playing with that, then like, you open up a full can of worms. But, like, that's how I felt with the first season, though, you know? And yeah. it ended up being really, really good. So I'm excited. Yeah. I hope they don't take two years again to do it. Oh, please uh, don't. Because it's just. Because we're not going to be alive show.
0: then. Let's be honest, like, with how, yeah. how unhealthy we are.
1: I, I am so enamored. I watched all the episodes in like three days. I'm so enamored with the show. I love it. Awesome. Um, I think it's probably one of the best sci-fi shows I've ever watched. Yeah. And it's just so good. And uh, I can't say enough about it. If you haven't seen Dark, you gotta see it. I would hope that
0: you're not listening to this part if you haven't seen Dark, right? I hope the only people listening to this are the people who like us, who are crazy fans, and just like sped sped watched it, like just completely binged it. I watched it in two days, and like my head hurts still.
1: And I really tried finding a moment that didn't make sense, like – logistically and i can't i can't
0: i'm thinking I, I, I before can't. next season i might just rewatch like the whole thing start to finish and then watch the final season so i'm gonna be because i used to do that with lost all the time like whenever the new season comes out i would re-watch the previous season and i've done that with like twin peaks and a couple of those types of shows where there's all sorts of those weaving storylines that you have to keep track of um yeah i'm i'm super into it one of the things i mean like i get your concerns but at this point i'm willing to trust them and the other thing is i like that they're just leaning into it right like hey we're crazy we got time travel now we got parallel universes which makes sense because those two things often are kind of combined in certain shows and movies and i think that kind of does seem like a logical place for them to go i like that they're leaning into it like go for it and we'll see what happens you know so uh, i I a hundred percent concur like with justin this is this might be the best like a science fiction show I've ever seen. It's not my favorite show of all time. That's still the leftovers, but this is really this is probably top five for me all time. Like this show is so amazing. Like I just think it's fantastic. So. All right, all right. That's Dark. Go watch it Netflix if you uh, if you listen to all that and you haven't watched Dark yet. Wait like three months so you forget everything we just said and then start watching it. That's what you should do. Uh, Justin and I, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go challenge each other uh, with stupid uh, movies and ask each other questions. And now, it's time for the Gentleman's Challenge. So the Gentleman's Challenge is a segment we do here on the Eggers Podcast, where Justin and I like to give each other homework assignments. Now, these homework assignments tend to be things like watching a movie or a TV show that we know the others probably not going to like, uh, sometimes reading a comic or playing a game, now, to ensure that we did our homework, we come back on the next episode and we quiz each other about it. Uh, and usually, Justin loses. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen today because uh, I haven't—I I watched this this movie like a while don't,
1: ago. Don't don't talk so fast, my friend. I tell you, uh, this <laughs> Backdraft Two.
0: Whoa! Uh, a spoiler, man. Today. We haven't announced that yet. Gee, who's going first? Do you want to go first then? Since you just let the cat out of the bag with what you're. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I guess. I guess. You just you just, so, uh, you just ruined it. Okay, go.
1: So uh, you uh, assign me Backdraft 2. You're damn uh, right I did. <laughs> yes. um, so the first note before I say anything is terrible. This is terrible. What? Um, what? It's, it's a real bad one. Are so, you so. crazy? It's got Donald Sutherland in it. Come on. You're right, it does. So uh, it's written by uh, Gonzalez Lopez. I believe it's H- Halejo.
0: Uh, yeah that sounds totally team. right that's that that sounds exactly exactly right and it is written by uh
1: gregory uh oh i think it's winden and so he also wrote the first backdraft and he also wrote uh cult classics highlander and highlander 2 so uh this guy's got quite the
0: resume yeah how could this possibly go wrong i don't understand
1: well it did it went real wrong anyways <laughs> uh stars donald Sutherland. Uh William Baldwin and Joe Anderson plays uh Sean uh is the lead character. And so Sean is an arson investigator. He's the son of of Kurt Russell's character from the first backdraft. I haven't seen the first backdraft in probably twenty or twenty five years. it's it's been a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's
0: Bull. That's his nickname. His nickname is Bull. Yeah. Yeah. So Sean wears
1: his his father's jacket and he says like, uh, Bull on the back. Yeah. It yeah. does it does say bull. It's a callback. And uh yeah. So uh Sean, what he is, he's an in arson investigation. And uh he's a badass, he doesn't play by the rules, he doesn't need any partner, he does it all on his own, he's the best there is at his job.
0: Yeah, it's really he's awesome when you're, you're in like law enforcement of some kind and you don't play by the rules. That's 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 classic, right?
1: Hey there's mayors up my ass and blah blah blah. So uh it's <laughs> it's uh it's really it's terrible. It's such a bad I mean, this movie was made this year, like two thousand nineteen. Like a week ago. And it, <laughs> it was made so so short ago. Like yes. not even but like it has the worst like nineties tropes. It's almost it's trying to be like noirish, but it's like it's about like arson investigation, so it's really not uh he gets a new partner they i guess they they instated a thing where everyone needs a, a buddy for a buddy system in his group i don't know how the arson unit works i don't feel like it works the way it does in this movie at all though <laughs> i feel like it's not at all like how it is in this movie uh like they walk around with guns i don't know if that's a thing i don't know if guys it's the best usually, way to fight
0: fires shoot bullets at it right yeah
1: yeah usually in like other representations of other movies or tv shows it's just the guy with a clipboard right <laughs> that's
0: what robert de niro was like robert de niro was the head arson guy in the first one and billy baldwin's character eventually came and like worked for him and he just wandered around with like a clipboard one time that looks
1: like the fire originated from the light socket like the, like it's the ultimate that.
0: tough guy but i still remember when the explosion happened at the end like towards the end and like robert de niro's character goes flying and he lands on top of like like a barb, like not barbed wire fence, but like an iron, a cast iron fence. And he's like impaled on it and he's looking down. He's still alive and totally fine. He's like, yeah, I think we got a problem here. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Okay, Bob.
1: Of course. Yeah. Um, So he walks around with a gun uh, and in every, every single uh, investigation he has, it is arson. Like there's not a single one where it's like, oh yeah, it was just a mistake. Every. <laughs> Every single one. It's arson and not only is it arson, but the person who did it is still there in the crowd watching everything going on. Like they don't leave, they're just they're there. I mean that's just,
0: that's how arsons arsonists work though, man. They like to like to hang around and yeah. I,
1: I guess. It's it's just I don't know what it's really like, but I doubt it's anything like this. It's just so
0: terrible. I don't know what it's really like either. But I hope it's like this, you know, like that's the difference between you and me. I want them to just shoot bullets at yeah. fires and put the fires and... out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, arsons are happening throughout the city um, and he's on the case. Uh, and uh, they have all those moments where it's like, you're too close to the case there. Uh, you got to get off it, Sean. No, I'm, I'm this close. I'm this close boss. Like they have all that stuff. It's, it's almost like a South Park. Yeah, episode it's but, it like takes that. it so seriously this yeah. this movie is so serious there's this such like serious sound in the background of like this ambient noise whenever he's about to explode from anger the guy you can barely understand what he says most of the time because he talks this weird like new york accent and just one of these things it's like just talk normal and now uh, i'll get to that point anyways uh Sean goes uh, to Donald Sutherland or sees Donald Sutherland in a mental institution. So Donald Sutherland comes back for this movie because he was the bad guy
0: in the first Whoa, 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 whoa. He was not the bad guy in the first one. He was an arsonist that was in jail. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. That was. So he's the yeah. Hannibal Lecter. Well, I mean, I guess you can say that, but he was a contact that Robert Niro's character used to sort of get inside the mind of the arsonist so that they could capture, you know, Scott Glenn from the first
1: I guess they kind of did that the same way in this one, but it was done with such terrible writing and conversation that none of it that they were talking about made any sense. It was just, it was terrible. So this does Donald Sutherland. He's old and... Uh, on the edge of death. I mean he does not does not look great. I don't see him lasting much longer. But great what, what are you doing? What
0: <laughs> are you predi- a, wow, I'm, you're I'm, predicting Wow I have a
1: death, a, death pole of Donald that Anyways, uh so the DOD I guess had a fire at one of their facilities where they were containing a warhead. Uh again this fire is connected to the two previous fires that he had before. Uh he has he has moments in a garage with a dog that shows up out of nowhere that he doesn't want to name because he's too badass to name the dog, uh, and he's like trying to test out like what could have caused these things, what could have uh, set these things off? Why was the room? Why did the room set on fire the way it did? Sean gets too close uh, to the situation, and the uh, arsonist puts a bomb under his bed with a pressure trigger, and so somehow, even though his girlfriend probably weighs 120 pounds. When she leaves the bed, it doesn't adjust at all. Because if you just if you just kind of like put your arms out a little bit, I don't know if you knew this, Jeff. If you put your arms out a little bit, you can you can just uh, manipulate your weight to be 120 pounds more. I don't yeah, know back if you you back get. when
0: we had a weigh-in for re- wrestling and stuff like that, and that we just we just put your arms you out bring to the side. And arms, suddenly no, no, you're in no, a different what, weight class. Yeah.
1: If you want to get if you want to get smaller, you just put them real tight yeah, in your yeah, body. There you go. And so heavy. Uh, so he does that, and then Billy Baldwin, who plays his uncle, comes to help him, and they don't wait for a bomb unit, they don't, there's nothing, and somehow also, not only is this guy, like, a an expert in finding out where fires originate and arson takes place, but I guess he's a, a bomb unit disposal guy, because he knows how to disarm every single bomb, he knows what a bomb is, without even looking at it, he knows mm. everything that's happening, uh, so Billy Baldwin goes underneath the, uh the room to the room below and starts knocking a hole to try and uh, get the gas out. And then when he does that, it explodes and then Billy Baldwin dies. But here's my question in that moment. If that's how it explodes, wouldn't it have exploded the same exact way if Billy Baldwin didn't do anything? And in the same case, then Sean wouldn't die either way. He just would have been thrown up into the air by his mattress again. Hmm. That would be, that didn't make any sense to me anyways he finds the warehouse uh or like the shipping docks where they're keeping the the warhead he finds out uh kind of like what's going on he's stealing the warhead to take it to another country to blow it up i don't know it's stupid it's a very dumb uh uh plot line he finds the guy or he finds the place disarms the bomb finds the guy Pulls out the gun that he has because arson investigators have guns and says, get out of the car. As we established. Yeah. His partner comes up. Partner gets shot. He gets shot. He shoots the bad guys. And then uh, the bad guy's like, ah, is this place still going off? Because they never really talk about the motivations behind why this guy wants to blow stuff up. And then the guy probably has like five lines in the whole movie. It's terrible. Um, And then he goes and uh, opens up the door. To open up for the warhead. And when it opens up. You get probably the most cartoonish ending. I've ever seen to a rated R movie. In my entire life. So he opens up the door. And it sets off a trigger. That makes the jet of the rocket go off. And he instantly. Turns into a skeleton. And falls on the the ground. (laughs) (laughs) He, He turns into a smoldering skeleton. And falls on the ground. And then that's it. And then, uh, Sean and Maggie get away and it explodes and it explodes in such a way that it wouldn't have been a threat anywhere where it was going, even though it was a warhead. So like, why did I, it's just, wow. So, um, it might be one of the worst deaths I've ever seen in a movie. So a couple of notes I have here. Uh, I said the, is he in an arson unit or in bomb disposal? The, The other thing I said, there's so much said in this movie, so much dialogue Yet nothing said at all. You know what I mean? Like, wow, there's so that's many... pretty deep,
0: though. If you think about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There's so many. They're talking about like bomb or like types of like uh, like fire materials and stuff like that. Like the viewer knows anything about any type of. Uh, flammable materials like the they're just talking about so nonchalantly like the, uh, the burning point of blah blah blah, blah. it's just I'm, my brain just had to turn off because it made no sense yet they don't speak to each other at all hmm. she's like maggie's like I, what do you need sean and he's like i'll tell you about it later and he hangs <laughs> up just like what <laughs> <laughs> just, go, just talk to her just say hey i'm going to the docks yeah, i got no time but like you had a full day, you could have called her back and or sent a text message. It's 2019. Get your sidekick out or something and talk to him and say something. Uh, it's just, it's so badly done. It's one of the worst movies I took the time to watch. Wow. And, and what you've given me. And now I'm also incorporating like the sniffer and all this stuff. This is so no bad. no
0: no no. There is nothing worse than the sniffer. Like that is the worst thing I've ever watched <laughs> in my life. Uh, that was the closest we came to stopping the podcast, uh, is what you challenged me. That. I was like, <laughs> that's it? <laughs> what, what, what laugh was that? <laughs> that is a good laugh. It was, it was, oh, I enjoyed in your pain. Yeah.
1: It's just, it's such a bad, bad movie. And I feel I feel bad for the fact that Kurt Russell's picture showed up in it. Uh, that's I felt that bad for Kurt Russell that he actually had a picture in the movie. Because he, he was in the movie, but his picture was on the wall because he's dead. It's just, it's the worst. character Kurt gonna...
0: Russell is fine. Like, stop killing actors, okay? Just, just stop killing. You killed Donald Sutherland. Now you're killing Kurt Russell. I just,
1: I don't know how I'm going to pass this test because I <laughs> shut off my brain halfway through this thinking, this is terrible. Yeah, so, but Justin, when is your brain how...
0: ever on for these quizzes? And
1: things that's like a really good, that's a really yeah. good point yeah, that so I never took into consideration here. So you're absolutely right. Let's let's.
0: Okay, so you ready then for your quiz? I imagine. Yes. Okay. All right. Who is Sean? Like, what do you mean? Who is he? The son of Bull. Now, now I'm sorry, that's the wrong answer. At the very beginning of the movie, <laughs> at the very beginning of the movie, we don't know who the guy is. He's doing this little quick investigation, and he notices that in the very opening that the way that this woman died, she was like in the middle of a bed as opposed to on the side. <laughs> and he, he, he chases down. He like, he, convinced, like, he, like, totally tur- he totally talks to the boyfriend and, and realizes the boyfriend's the killer and calls the boyfriend out for it. And the boyfriend tries to run away, which is dumb. And then immediately gets knocked down. And the guy's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm a fireman. I'm like, no. He, a- <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> he, he asked you what your name was, uh, not what your profession was. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> oh my god. They call god. me John. They call me Sean Fireman. So my fa- <laughs> the follow up question I had to that was, and I and you, you can't you can't answer this one because you got the the first part wrong. But was did you want to stop watching the movie as badly as I did after that, that moment, yeah, that, thirty thinking, seconds okay. into the movie? Yeah. I
1: was like, oh my god, this is what I'm in for. <laughs> I'm like, okay. holy crap. Here we, here we go.
0: Yeah. As is, wow,
1: I don't know how the guy who wrote this also wrote highlander
0: it mm. doesn't make any sense <laughs> have you watched I highlander guess... recently it's...
1: yeah but still
0: cocaine must have done a lot to this guy in the 80s oh my and... god you, you always go back to thinking it's cocaine okay all right so uh question number two this is i thought a little sight gag I that was pretty funny uh so what kind of business works across the street from Sean's favorite diner, which he goes to a couple times. And so like there's a there's a couple moments where the camera lingers for a decent amount of time on this business across the street. So I can't remember what's you the business said, and what's its slogan? Ah, it's a shame.
1: Mark me down for nothing. Well, you're in Colorado
0: now, so you should know all about this. It's a weed dispensary. Uh oh. and the and the slogan is serving potheads since uh yeah, I forget. And that's the that's the <laughs> slogan. I thought it was really funny. Maybe not. Okay. I don't even remember that. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes in, something like that. Um, okay. So question number three. So w- the biggest – like the, the case that sort of triggers the, the, everything that goes down is that these kids – get blown up on halloween while they're trick-or-treating and like they go to a person's door is the
1: question why is this kid opening their door with their own hands? Is no but I, I i did think about
0: that i'm like why are you opening this child's, this child's breaking and entering what's I going on here i'm like i've done i used to go trick-or-treating i don't think i've ever opened anyone's door you know when no there. one
1: opens up the door i just try and walk in yeah. for the candy
0: that's yeah. what I <laughs> i'm just gonna go in there and if there's no candy i'll take whatever else they got i'll go through their sock drawer and i'll find whatever <laughs> i can so So these kids get blown up, which is really sad, and it triggers everything. Now, the kids buried something in the hunter's backyard, so they're the surviving kid, I should say. It was a triceratops. Good, good, good. Okay, so you got the first half of the question. Now, here's the second half. Now, we learned in our last episode that Justin was so scared of Jurassic Park when he went to the Uh theater with his mother that he was forced to leave. So, Justin... Did the mention and illustration of a dinosaur uh, cause you to stop watching the movie and start watching Mario Bros. instead? I'm just curious.
1: Um, yes. That and the moment where Donald Sutherland said that he and Sean were the same both sent me into such a a, a, sure. a, a, a spoop that I had to leave and watch uh, Mario Brothers twice within the viewing of this movie. So, yes. Okay. Which – uh underrated all right john Guzman, one of the best luigis i've ever seen anyways
0: go on <laughs> that is correct so you get full credit for that one good 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 okay uh okay now next question this is a multiple choice question and i don't want you to go off the board you're going to be tempted to go off the board because you're a creative okay. fella right. but I, you need all to right. stay on the board because there's a correct oh. answer in this right. list We like to, you and I, make jokes about sequel names, and we think that every sequel should should essentially have the subtitle Electric Boogaloo, right? So Backdraft 2, Electric Boogaloo, Jaws 2, Electric Boogaloo, which actually makes sense for Jaws 2 because they electrocuted the shark at the end. Anyway, which of these subtitles would have been better, or which of these titles would have been better than just the very plain Backdraft 2? So here we go. And and you have six choices to choose from. Ooh, there's so many choices. One of these is correct. One of these you'll get half credit for, and if you get all the others, you get no points. Okay. Backdraft two, backdraftier. Okay, that's A. (laughs) B. Backdraft two to the. I said it wrong. Let me do that again. Backdraft to the future. That's B. Here's C. Backdraft two, backdraft in the habit. Okay. Here's D, backdraft to the minors. All right, I like that. That's a that's a major league reference. Okay. Here's E, backdraft to, back in business. That's a barbershop. That's <laughs> <list>. a <laughs> that's a that's one of those rare barbershop two references. Uh, and then finally, this is F, episode five. The Empire Strikes Backdraft. I can't even get through these. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> so, one of these, me,
0: you you pick one, and if you get it right, you get full credit. If you get it, if you get the the second, there's like a secondary answer you'll get half credit for. But if you pick all the other four that are duds, then no, no, you don't get it. So,
1: I have to go backdraft here. I think that's probably the best one. Wow. Because wow. it's a diehard reference. Mm.
0: Is it? That's a good one. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Die,
0: die hard to die harder <laughs> wait terrible i didn't even mean it i don't think i even meant it as i don't remember i made this quiz a week ago uh but that is unfortunately the incorrect answer ah! uh, the correct answer is backdraft Two, backdraft and the habit because it's a sister act 2 reference and <laughs> when you have a chance to reference not sister act one screw that movie but sister act two you take it right and then yeah, i am obviously. shocked that you didn't go with the second answer, which would have gotten you half credit, which was backdraft to the minors, which was clearly a major league reference. Yeah, As a yeah, Cleveland yeah. Indians fan, I just I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed.
1: I just really like the backdraftier because it's such yeah. a long name.
0: It's, it's backdraft to backdraftier. I think it would have been even funnier if they just would have just done backdraftier. Like that's it. That's the title. You figure it out, right? Isn't that amazing?
1: Or backdrafts like a, uh, a, plural? a pluralization of it, <laughs> like, like Alien and Aliens, yeah. if you get to. They
0: should have done also, that. Also, they, they,
1: they said the word backdraft, I think, 12 times in the movie. Yeah. So just so you remember what movie we're in.
0: <laughs> okay, and then uh, the final question. Why? <laughs> uh, so that, that, to, to give context, why is there a sequel being made to backdraft after 28 years? why
1: uh i think the writer uh m- witnessed the uh producer murder uh hooker or something <laughs> and then the writer also has billy baldwin on retainer at all times so it kind of was a perfect storm as to which to get another movie made for the writer uh who witnessed the hooker's death so that would be my wow. guess as to why, wow. why that's why
0: uh I'm sorry I can't give credit to that. It's just random hooker uh hooker death. Uh I, I don't feel Plus, like I can give less credit. cocaine. To that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna quickly do a tally. Uh looks uh. like you got uh one. You got one out of five. Uh could you could you crunch those numbers one more time for me? Let me just go ahead and pull the calculator out. Okay, carry the one. Uh, and it's one. That's the total. I carried it. And one of my favorite lines from the office is it's like, <laughs> you're going to be
1: bankrupt in a couple of weeks. Could you crunch
0: them again? <laughs> what happened? All right. All right. My turn. So Justin uh, has assigned Justin assigned me yet another Into the Dark film. So we've covered Hulu's Into the Dark series a few times uh, on this. They're podcast. hit or miss. I'll tell you that they, they are hit or miss. miss. Uh, I do think this was actually one of the better ones. So that's good. Um, I didn't find it incredibly spooky or scary, but there were a couple moments for sure. Um, the
1: first time you see the kids, that's pretty
0: kind of. Spooky. So let me let me just give you the, the quick the quick. Rundown. So they come knocking. It's on Hulu. It just it just came out. It's there every month. Hulu is coming out with basically a new hour and a half movie. It's like a like, but they're quality movies actually for the most part. Some of them are weird. Some of them are pretty pretty generic. Um, but this one specifically, uh, it stars Clain Clain uh, Crawford, uh, who I think most recently was on Lethal Weapon, the TV show, until I guess he didn't get along with some people and he ended up getting fired or something, which is a shame uh but uh, he's in it he's a he's the father of two daughters uh who in their family has just lost very recently their mother their wife and now they're kind of going on this uh this little road trip with the intention of spreading her ashes uh at a location that years before the father and the mother had um had gone on their own trip and they kind of just randomly sh- you know went to these places and the, so they're kind of trying to recreate that path uh so the only real name i think you would recognize you or face you'd probably recognize is clane crawford i don't know if the daughters claire or maggie or have been in anything i did actually see strangely enough maggie who is the younger of the two uh probably a seven-ish or something like that year old um i actually saw her in a dairy queen commercial uh she's like running around i think it's dairy queen i don't know anyway uh, it's directed by uh, it's directed by Adam Mason. It's written by Shane Van Dyke and Carrie Van Dyke, uh, and overall it's pretty solid. Um, it's about an hour twenty five minutes or so, so it doesn't really uh, outstay. You know, it doesn't really overstay its welcome. Now, the the, the movie itself is is actually I, I, I don't think like when, when I when I first started watching, it, I thought we were going down the route of like The Hills Have Eyes. Like, have you ever seen The Hills Have Eyes? There's a family. They're going kind of camping and. Uh, and then mutant cannibals start going nuts and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, my God, this is going to go absolutely bonkers and it's going to be really. Tar-. But no, no, it actually was very uh, it's a very nice and it's very sweet. So all three of the the surviving members of the family are trying to kind of get over the fact that their their mother and their wife uh, passed away from some kind of cancer. And the the, the father actually essentially pulled the plug. Right? And it was just sort of let her go, so to speak. And but they're, they're not really letting her go. They did so physically, but they ha- that gets she's still like kind of weighing on the minds of these three characters. Um, now, there, it's not a, the most eventful. It's, 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 a, it's a kind of a very quiet family drama, like mixed with some weird sort of supernatural spooky elements. Uh, and so it really isn't till a good 25, maybe 20 minutes into the movie where you start getting like real spooks. Um, at one point uh, on their way to this campsite, uh, they stop at a diner, it's a diner that the father and the mother had uh, had stopped at, you know, during their trip many years ago, and the teenage daughter who is suitably annoying and hates her father, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, as a teenage daughter would probably do so. But she's honestly just acting out because she misses her mom so much. Uh, but she gets a, a sight of one of these, one of these kids that are going to start terrorizing them, and they have hoodies on and they have these weird kind of masks uh, or doll, like doll heads, kind of. If you think about. You know, the way a doll head looks, but they don't really have eyes. They're just sort of empty. It's almost like they're hollowed out, um, the hollowed out faces of a doll's mask. And so she just like randomly sees it. And then there's like that spook moment. And then they get back in the, to their, their truck, into their trailer, and they continue to drive. And eventually they find their campsite. Uh, they set up, you know, their their basic campfire. And they start, you know, making dinner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the first night, someone starts knocking as the title would suggest, on the door of their camper, and there's no reason at this point to suggest anything, you know, to think anything other than this is just a bunch of teenagers being punks, and that's exactly what the father thinks. Uh, but there is a little bit of tent t—there's a little bit of tension there. Like they like, don't go outside, and he's like, you know, can they come in? Because they, they, they keep asking me to come inside the trailer, and he says no. The teenage daughter says no, and eventually he goes outside to kind of to shoo them away. But they're not really there. But what they did do is they did screw up his truck. So they got into the truck, um, and they just completely wrecked the engine, uh, which means they have no means of escape from this relatively desolate desert, uh, desert campsite. And there's really nobody else that they're sharing this campsite with. It's just like this big empty area. And so the next morning, the father goes ahead and starts really early in the morning uh, before the youngest daughter, Maggie, is up. He goes and he's going to hike up to the up to the road so he can get signal because they're not getting signal on their cell phone and he's going to see if he can kind of flag down and get some sort of truck down here to maybe tow the, tow the truck away etc now strangely enough um it, it there was a road he could have just like followed the path back up to the main road but for some reason he like decides to cut across you know the wilderness i don't know if he was thinking he was finding a shortcut this isn't really explained because he stumbles across another campsite except this one's abandoned um, and as he starts to explore it there's all sorts of these weird things that begin Uh, that that he starts seeing first there's a like a row of water bottles that have been laid out uh, outside like in in full visual view of the window of this camper uh there when he goes inside there's a dead body inside that has self-inflicted wounds like like they cut the they cut their wrists and killed themselves there's bottles filled with their urine um start and there's like weird pictures like as if written as if drawn by a child like it's another father that maybe brought their kids and there's these little crayon drawings of, like, these these little, you know, stick figure kids being taken away. And so our father, Nathan, uh, he, uh, he kind of starts to come to the conclusion that there's it, this isn't just your run-of-the-mill teenagers, but there's something really sinister going on. Now, I don't know if he thinks anything supernatural yet, but he definitely thinks something sinister, and he starts to panic. He starts to try to call um, his daughter, his, his teenage daughter, Claire, on the radio, but she's not answering because they have this little, like, two-way radio but periodically throughout the movie, the classic, oh, the, the, you know, there's, there's signal interference going on that kind of prevents them to communicate properly and it increases, like, suspense and tension. It's kind of a it's – a, it's a cheap little trick, but, like, you know, it works. It's fine, and it kind of makes sense, I suppose, especially since there's a little bit of that supernatural element that starts to sort of dive into this. Now, he panics, uh, and he starts running back. Now, on the other side, back, uh, back in the trailer – uh both of the both of the, the the daughters like they're up Maggie's Maggie gets up and she's upset that the father left without her cuz he kept saying he's never going to leave her because you know they're worried up you know it, it's sort of equating the idea of him disappearing with the mother leaving them um when she passed um and at at a certain point she she disappears from the trailer and the teenage daughter Claire she's starting to panic now and she goes chasing after her she kind of hears Claire's voice um uh, or excuse me, she hears uh, Maggie's voice and she wanders off and she finds this kind of old, um, this, uh, this lot that has a lot of old, uh, like tow trucks and, um, other kind of leftover camping, you know, you know, camping equipment. And like, just, it looks basically like a junkyard essentially. And she sees her, her sister kind of playing around and dancing. And she also finds a little doll cause Maggie likes to make these little dolls and she's like making her own little family. And it's the, the mother, like the, the doll is of, there's one doll per member of the family, and one of those dolls is of the mother who's got red hair and it's and, and loves lipsticks. Okay, uh, then at a certain point, um, Claire kind of has to go inside uh, what looks to be a shipping crate, and in there she starts like getting weird sounds, like people, you know, like she starts hearing her mother, and like 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 she's I think she even sees her mother at one point, but it's her mother like at the at a very late stage of cancer, and perhaps even like you know undead version of her mother, and she freaks out. She starts running back to the to the camper. All of them eventually make it back to the camper and everyone's okay. Now, they decide to stay, uh, instead of even though they had plenty of daylight, they could have left, but they decide to stay instead of like running up to the together because they all had, you know, different reasons to be panicked at that point. And that night is where kind of the shit hits the fan. Uh, and they, the, these little spooky little creature thingies start, um, start coming and knocking on the door again and they start, and they draw the, fa- the father outside because he's, super panicked at this point he doesn't realize that they're like ghosts or something right um and so he goes outside to start to shoot them away he hits one of them with a shovel <laughs> and he gets baited in because the kid starts crying and then that's when they start charging at him he dives into his truck he high, he like and he is like stuck in his truck while his daughters are stuck in the camper and they're about you know 100 feet or so from each other right and everyone's kind of getting haunted by the mother one way or the other or something like that so like the father is like seeing his wife Uh, through the windshield of his truck and she's like looking as beautiful as pre-cancer you know like before she had lost all her hair and before she had got ravaged by you know by this terminal illness Um, the daughter the youngest daughter for reasons i don't understand gets locked in the the bathroom like because as as the teenage daughter and the father are trying to communicate again through the two-way radio Claire thinks that there's something wrong with the radio. She she decides to go to a different side of the camper, and in doing so, she apparently has to lock Maggie by herself in the bathroom. Uh, and then she starts getting uh, the Maggie starts getting haunted by the mother, who's trying, who's like knocking at the window of the of the bathroom and says, you know, will you let me in? And like Maggie eventually does, right? And then when Claire and Nathan, who event who eventually escapes uh, with some kind of clever positioning, um, the two of them kind of break into the bathroom together now, and because Claire is freaking out because she sees the dead body of Maggie and she swears she's dead. And we see it too. But when the door opens up, we realize it was just like a hallucination because whatever these creatures are with these little black hoodies and these weird doll faces that they have the ability to kind of get into their minds and sort of affect some sort of hallucinatory uh, moment, right? And so then they go hunting to try to find Maggie. And so they run all the way back uh, to, that, to that junkyard and that's where they find Maggie. And they have to kind of confront the fact that they haven't let the... They haven't truly let go uh, of of their mother of the of their wife. and so the father goes into that same shipping container and then that's when he you know he t- to the face of this kind of ghostly image of his wife, he says, you're not my you know you're you're not my wife, you know you're not you're not Val so um, and so he kind of confronts her and then out in the in the junkyard itself, uh, the teenage daughter, she pours out the the mother's ashes as she's being kind of bombarded by these little kids. And in doing so that kind of frees whatever curse they had and they're able to kind of leave peacefully and so everyone actually lives so strangely enough this is a horror movie where like no one really dies uh, at least not like on screen like there were previous deaths but uh, but that's essentially the movie right that's like the whole thing it's got a it's got a fairly happy ending um but it's pretty well done i gotta say like i was i was surprisingly impressed with it uh, i don't think it was slow. I don't think it was particularly scary. I don't particularly think it was also cheap, but it had moments of tension, which was nice. Um, I I never felt like anyone was really going to die. I was perhaps a little concerned that maybe the youngest daughter might get like absorbed by this, this group of supernatural teenage villains, and she might become part of them, because it seemed like they were trying to recruit her. So I was a little worried that that might happen, but... I thought it would be pretty dark if they just start killing like the father after they just lost the mother and stuff like that. So um, I didn't really see it going, you know, going that route. But it was a surprisingly surprisingly heartfelt movie. I thought the the performances by the three main leads, the father and the two daughters, was pretty good. Um, I, 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 it's definitely not like it's not it's certainly not the greatest movie you're ever gonna watch. Uh, but I think. For Hulu, for Into the Dark, this is a pretty solid one. Like, we say that Into the Dark is kind of hit or miss, and we've had some bad ones, we've had some good ones. And I I would actually say that this is probably my top two or three. Um, It's definitely up there for me. So what did you think of it, Justin?
1: Um, I thought it was creepy at the beginning.
0: Mm -hmm. um, Because the way the the
1: little doll people talked, that was pretty creepy. Yeah, But overall, um, I had a hard time understanding like the rules of what was going on and what the hell was actually happening mm-hmm. like with the monsters. And I think at that point I was just kind of like, yes, yeah, fine. But like, what the hell are these things for? Like, what's the point of what's going on? So like, that's the part where I got kind of lost. It was just kind of like, it felt like there was no purpose to what was happening. Um, I, I couldn't really understand what these things were why they were terrorizing what what's the whole point and why their mother has anything to do with it so like it was very strange to me set up so for me i i think this overall storyline and the use of the said monsters was kind of pointless and didn't make much sense to me
0: i agree with that part like i felt I definitely like the main three performances. I definitely like all the kind of like the meaningful family storyline going on, but I definitely agree with the idea of like what the rules are because ultimately they, they're not, none none of the three are hurt and they've actually moved on to a better place because they've been able to sort of move, move past and like accept the fact that their mother is gone at this point. Right. And they're not mad at each other, you know, and that's great. So are you trying to tell me that these little monster doll thingies are like really good psychologists or psychiatrists? Like, is that what they are? then how do you explain the fact that there is another dude the other a guy, different, yeah, yeah, who slid his wrist? And so I thought it would have actually been helpful if there was some more lead up context for, for this. Now there's a little scene here or there where like there's missing children. Like, like you see when they, when they're stopping at a gas station, there's like a couple signs for missing children and stuff like that. But that's not enough, you know? So it's like, why didn't they, you know, why, why kill the other guy and steal his kids, but not kill this guy and steal his kids. Right. So like, I totally agree that that felt it felt really inexplicable and then there were also times where they were just capable of you know interrupting cell signals and interrupting radio signals and stuff like that like it's I said just, before, yeah, it, it felt convenient. i just like
1: there to be i like there to be like solid rules yeah to what's going on you know if it's like especially if it's like a supernatural thing yeah like set the standards of what's happening and then you're fine but like it, it seemed like none of this made any sense as to how these things worked their point of existing or like uh the reasoning of the different motivations that they had and why they wanted the little kid like mm-hmm. none of it makes any sense like at the end of the movie it's like oh he's, he, they don't want me they want her right why well what's the point like it's there's no reasoning for that yeah so i just, think i think we have to like
0: we have to kind of just intuit it like we got to be like oh i guess they just want the little girl to join them you know, it's like one of those things where like, is there, a was there some sort of, it's like the classic, was there some sort of travesty here in the past or tragedy here in the past and like, like that haunting ghost is now like recruiting other ghosts or something like that? I'm not, not really sure um and i agree i totally agree with that criticism and that i think that that's probably my largest criticism but to me like the family storyline was enough like i stopped seeing it as like a horror movie and i stopped caring about like the supernatural elements and just being and just going with it at that point I'm like all right whatever like this is all just a vehicle for them to kind of get their catharsis at the end
1: i feel like there's yeah. a lot better therapy sessions someone can have. <laughs> yeah. uh, i
0: definitely don't think this is a this is something you should read yeah, the grief of the loss of a
1: family member, right? You know, and to get like emotions out, I think there's a lot better routes. Oh yeah, than uh, whatever the hell this was.
0: Yeah, yeah. But All right, so you ready th- for your questions? I then? thought I still think it was is pretty solid. It felt like a really good supernatural episode. You know, like a like an episode like that without the funny jokes here and there. But yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Uh, I didn't have a lot. Um, it's a kind of a, it's kind, a kind cool. of a light movie, right? Like there wasn't a ton in it. It's it's
1: and also it, it's pretty slow and they there's a couple interesting things like there's like long shot moments where they're trying to build tension mm-hmm. but like then it doesn't do anything and i, I and ten- another I thing i liked
0: okay i thought it did okay at that
1: the other thing i liked is i liked uh when they're in that shipping container how like the mother showed up behind her and it, they didn't say it. they didn't like notice anything about it maybe just like a small tint of score changed, but it wasn't like hey you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it was oh that's that's creepy yeah like i liked i liked that like that stuff they did with that stuff that's good
0: yeah they really but didn't it... rely heavily on jump scare like i'll say that like that i thought like there were moments like that that would that would definitely unsettle you but i didn't really think that they went too hard which
1: either. i appreciate yeah. more the fact that she doesn't notice what's going on and the audience is like what the yeah, hell we was that it. i yeah, like exactly. that all right so first question okay what was the answer to the youngest girl's twenty question game?
0: Oh yeah. Um oh crap. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah, I remember this. Okay, so they're having so they're having this 20, 20 question game around the campfire. Maggie's doing it. The dad knows the answers. Like he basically asks the right questions. Draws it out. He'd, oh my God. I'm trying to like, I see it. I see it happening. The dad definitely knew the answer. Oh man. I feel like it was like a fictional character, like a cartoon character or, or like a, like a superhero or something it drives me nuts because I know, I know exactly where this happened, but I don't remember the actual details. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, I don't know. It was R2D2. God darn it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: All right. So next question. Yeah. Who did they go on this trip for?
0: Um. I mean, I think the teenager at one point said that they were going on this trip for their dad because it was like it was they 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 weren't going on this trip for mom. They weren't going on trip. It was like specifically for him. Like he was the only one who wanted to do this. Uh. So I know that that was her answer. I don't know if there's like another answer outside of that um so yeah i'm gonna say that they went on
1: this trip for their mom and then they're like well mom's dead and then the girl gets upset and re-
0: yeah but like the teenager was like no mom didn't want to go on this we went on this trip for you like this is something like that okay that's fine i'll,
1: g- I'll give you a half credit for that oh that's so generous i'll give you a halfy cool, cool, cool. a little a little happy okay all right <laughs> okay. next question <laughs> next question uh they're talking about how uh maggie's like making her like her little uh her little dollhouse and stuff and they're talking about like the colors they use for her mom and all you know they're kind of like, talking about the little dollhouse and everything and then uh they asked the question that i think is a really important question in this world jeffrey and maybe you can answer this better for me but is there such a thing as too much sparkle
0: no that's like, whatever no of course there is no there's no such thing as too much sparkle are you kidding no no there's no such it's thing it's really as... a question about life when you
1: think about it no. and i think you're absolutely right Thank there's you. never there's never too little room for sparkle
0: there's never you too can always room have for
1: more sparkle. you can always have more sparkle in your life
0: much right. much like jello there's always room for sparkle it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Next question,
1: uh, and this is a, a pretty important question that I had when I was done with this movie. Okay. It is. So this is a pretty important question. I had this question when I was done watching the movie. Is, uh, what the hell
0: is this movie? What? What do you mean? That's really vague. I need more direction.
1: Because by the end of this movie, I was very confused about everything that was happening in it, and at the end, I just sat there going, "What the hell did I just watch?" So. Can you answer that question to me in a. Cons-
0: I feel like I, I've already explained this, but it is a movie about a father and two daughters who go on a camping trip to confront not only the ghosts of their mother, but these ghosts of like these evil lost children in this camping grounds. And by confronting the latter, they're able to come to terms with the loss of the former.
1: Sure. What I like to think, though, <laughs> is that. They went to this campsite, and these kids were trying to challenge them to a break dancing competition. <laughs> but they never, they never had the right idea as to how to deal with them. They thought, "Oh, let's fight them. Let's not let them in." They wanted to get in there so they can lay down their cardboard, and that's what I think it was. So I'll accept your answer, okay. but I feel like they never understood their side that that junkyard and everything was. Was they breaking grounds? You know what I mean. So, because I like to think that this is, uh, they come at night, electric boogaloo. That's
0: they, what I they think. Come uh, they come knocking.
1: They come knocking, electric boogaloo. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I'll give I'll give you full credit for that one. Okay. Right? Thanks. So, you get yourself two and a half points for uh, this week, and once again, I have been crushed. Wow. So far. Uh, apart-
0: I thought uh, I thought for sure you were gonna get the why question for backdraft, but then you just started murdering hookers, and I was like, nope, I just can't. Give, <laughs> I can't give credit to that. But I mean,
1: why wouldn't I? It was I so
0: easy. Like you could pretty much just say anything that was kind of funny and didn't involve murdering hookers, and you probably would have been okay. All right, you ready for new quizzes? Yeah, I guess. Okay, uh, you got something for me? I do. So I thought, let's
1: get Jeffrey back. Let's find a a sequel to a movie that was once good but then the sequel's garbage and so I, I looked around um at first i saw uh uh into the blue too um but the first movie wasn't good so i assumed the second movie wouldn't be good either that's the one with uh, paul walker and jessica alba uh so there's a sequel of it on hulu uh, i thought maybe you might like seeing that is but it I'm called like, nah,
0: is it called into the bluer yes it's yes into the bluer did Deep they blue change the, maybe they changed the color Maybe it's into the green. Into the, oh. into the yellow. Uh, so, but I
1: didn't want to do that. I thought that might be copying. No, but it's got to it's be a
0: secondary a- color, right? Because blue is yeah. a primary color. Oh, this is brilliant. This is
1: brilliant. And then I saw Robin Hood that had a, 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 a Jamie Foxx, it, and I thought, that looks pretty terrible. But I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want that. Instead, I want to give you an actor that I know you love. So recently, uh, a movie came out on HBO starring one of your favorite actors. That refer- is like a sequel to a, a TV show that came out a long time ago, Deadwood. Your one of your favorite actors is Timothy Oliphant, correct? Yes,
0: that's true. Yes, yes, I think he's. Superb. You also
1: love video games, right? You, you can't get enough know, of them. I think I know what it is. All goes. the time. Okay. All right. So for you, I have <laughs> given you the the Timothy Oliphant classic. Yep hitman yep. that is a 17 percent on run tomato yeah. so and i hear it is he barely talks in it so it's gonna be great so yeah. i uh <laughs> i that's on hulu so enjoy hitman starring timothy oliphante
0: okay all right i uh, gladly take that challenge timothy oliphant by the way in justified uh just superb just superb him walton goggins like i can listen to this of and talk in character all day so good all right justin i got um Oh man, I got a couple choices for you. Um so I'm, I'm going to give you some choices. You can watch you can watch a movie on Netflix that's kind of a weird horror movie. Okay, it's just quirky and weird. Um you can watch you can you can play a cheap game uh, that's currently up on Steam for 5 bucks or or less that has overwhelmingly positive reviews. Or you can read a comic.
1: I'll go comic. I haven't done okay. comic in a while. So okay. We'll do comic.
0: All right. I just started reading a new one, so there's really no joke to this. I just, I honestly just started reading it, so I figured maybe we could, we could. It's called Roche Limit. R O C H E space L I M I T. It's like a, like a sci-fi slash detective-ish story. So it's like a futuristic, futuristic compound or futuristic uh, like settlement on a different planet area. There's all sorts of weird stuff going on, and there's also that. The, the sort of the driving or the uh, the inciting incident is the disappearance, possibly death of a uh, of a person so Roche all right limit. okay okay Sounds all right good so on that note uh, let's go ahead and close this episode down Justin we have a new and active uh, URL uh, so our new site uh, we've been doing lollygagger Co for a while which still works just fine lollygaggerco.com but we're now also just the lollygaggers.com which is a little bit easier to remember uh, I am still at Twitter at uh, lollygagger justins at buys justin if you want to pop on uh, to the social media say hello to us and uh, maybe give uh, give us some ideas for challenges uh maybe you know the name of a really bad sequel to a really good movie that we could we could cover it could be a, it could be a lot of fun uh other than that if you could uh if you're listening to this if you like what you're hearing if you wouldn't mind uh, dropping us a little review maybe giving us a subscribe anything like that that might help uh help these little algorithms get our our podcast a little bit more notice uh, on some of these systems like Stitcher or Apple Podcast or anything like that. Uh, and so, Justin, my question for you uh, is tying directly into what we were just talking about. If, if you had and you could make a horrible sequel to a movie that exists, okay, right now, and there's only one of these movies, so it's not like a series, okay? What would that that movie be? So, what, what would the sequel be? And what would be the title slash really brief one sentence plotline?
1: All right, so my movie would be the sequel to Minority Report, okay? Mm-hmm. And in this movie, uh, you would still have the telepaths doing, like, the precog stuff, saying when crimes are happening, but it's against only white people, and it's called <laughs> the Majority matur- <laughs> Report.